you know, like the theme or whatever. I can't imitate it with my voice. The, you know, yeah. you could also do, Kicking and streaming where anyone's name not written in the book of light, they will be thrown into the lake of fire. I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. <laughs> and this week we are covering the 2006... Dare we say? No. I'm, I, <laughs> no. I refuse. You refuse to say classic? Okay. I love it, but I refuse. All right. Silent Hill. Ah. <laughs> uh. I love this movie. Yep. You must have because you're putting me through this. No, no. Stop. <laughs> okay. Like, I get it. It's a little hokey, okay? I love this movie so much, but yeah. just it falls apart near the end so bad. I know, but you got me to like this movie. I know. You're I, the one who showed me this movie for the first time. I brought this on myself. As a little 10, 11 year old, and I was semi traumatized. <laughs> Most of you already probably know that this is based off of a game for the PlayStation 2 that came out in 1999 from Konami. It's a horror survival game, third person. 1999? Yeah. Like... I don't even think of video games existing in 1999 for some reason. You mean video games that aren't Pong? <laughs> or like, you know, Nint Super Nintendo, you know? You played Super Nintendo! I know! <laughs> These games came out way before I came into gaming and you know I feel like I feel like it's a reasonable position that once video games have come so far other things just look kind of silly by comparison. Mm -hmm. Have you ever seen gameplay footage of Silent Hill? I've seen a little bit. Yeah. Uh this is coming from someone I have never personally played the game. Have you ever played the game all I, the way through? Not all the way through. I played like the first part once. I guess you knew the movie better before you knew the game. Absolutely. Like, the movie was the first... This is how I learned that they based movies off of video games. Yeah. So... Was this this first instance for you? I was like, oh, there's a game for this? That's cool. That was fast. And then I realized this game's already seven years old. I've only been a gamer for, like, less than ten years. Uh -huh. And so by the time I came into this realm, I'm sure Silent Hill's a great game when played all the way through, but... The graphics, the primitive graphics, yeah, for me, it's hard for me to find anything scary, especially since I'd already seen the movie. Christophe Gans directs, he's French. This is a French Canadian production. It's written by a man named Roger Avery, and uh, Gans and Avery wanted to get together because <laughs> the Silent Hill video game fan base, they are a hard egg crack, like. <laughs> I think they had to work for a considerable amount of time to even get the rights for this project because the fans kept going, no, no, no. Gans had to like submit a video audition. Like when you want to be on Survivor. Like, <laughs> no, yes. we didn't really. Yes. Oh God. <laughs> like, yes, I think I'd be the perfect uh, director for Silent Hill. In the game, the third person 
protagonist is a man named Harry Mason, and he's, like, driving through a mountain range on his way home from vacation with his daughter, Cheryl. Not Sharon. Cheryl. Let's just bend that as much as we can. (laughs) And um, it's the same thing. He crashes the car, he wakes up in this really creepy place, and his daughter is missing. And and then you basically just go from there, right? Yeah, yeah. I think, you know, when Avery and Gantz were working on this project... Who did I just become? <laughs> project. When Avery and Gans were working on this project, <laughs> they really wanted to get feminism into the film. But that's, you know, I mean, they did. They really wanted to get, this is going to sound bad, that female terror. <laughs> you know what I mean? What I actually... is a true horror movie without a scream queen, you know? <laughs> when you watch this film, all of the important characters are all women. Yeah. Like, every character important to the plot line they're all female it's amazing and i just love that because you don't see that a lot in horror yeah you don't see you see more often than not females being the victims yes and the men's be the men the men's (laughs) you see females being the victims and men being the victors yes you know yeah and (laughs) you all seen evil dead yeah (laughs) i like i've always hated that and so it's very nice to see all of the and all of these very powerful actresses rada mitchell Mm-hmm. You might know her from Rodham Mitchell things. <laughs> you might... Come on, you can't come up with anything. Okay, um, I can't. So, like, no shame. Finding Neverland. She is not in Finding she Neverland. She is J.M. Barry's wife. She's Johnny Depp's wife in Finding Neverland. But like, that's like the only other thing that I know. Sheen Bean. Yes. He's not a woman, but he Ned Stark, Boromir. I'm sorry. This is not his film. This is just not. He has great performances. Not in this film. (laughs) Getting back to the women. Lori Holden. You might know her from AMC's The Walking Dead. So yeah, they ultimately made the decision, you know, we're going to make the protagonist female. They have this, you know, they have this theme of motherhood and who's the best mother throughout this entire thing. Because the main thing at stake during this whole plot is the child. Why don't we delve into that plot? I've been talking for far too long. (laughs) I mean, (laughs) just letting you know, guys, this is an R-rated movie. Blood and violence and gore and some really creepy, horrible stuff. You name it, you'll find it in this film. Trigger warning for all the things. Yeah, there's some very dark matter handled here, very violent matter handled here. So please be aware. Uh, We're not going to go into absolute graphics, but even talking about it can trigger you sometimes. So we just want everybody to be comfortable and have a nice listening experience. If you need to switch us off, we won't feel bad. (laughs) That's all we're saying. We have plenty of extra funny episodes for you to go check out. Yeah, if you're tired of listening to this, go listen to something else. There's another button to click. Just come back next week. We're going to do a kid's Halloween movie next week. Yeah, that'll be good. That'll be good for everyone's uh, holiday morale. All right. You want to get to it? Honey, sometimes when you go to sleep, you go on a little walk. And sometimes you talk about a place. I don't remember. That's why we're going to go there. So you can remember.
I need your help. I'm not okay. Please, hurry. The fire started 30 years ago. I don't know what's happening. Do you know what's going on here? This place is completely cut off. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Hey! Where is she? I'm trying to find my wife. She looks exactly like Sharon. Why? Find your daughter, you must face the darkness of hell. It's okay, baby. Mommy's coming. of half-naked parents searching for their lost daughter in the middle of the night. All I'm saying is Rada Mitchell and Sean Bean are still very attractive at this point. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you have Rose and Chris De Silva. So Rose is looking for who? Their adopted daughter, Sharon. Mm. Sharon's got a little problem. She sleepwalks. Mm. She has night terrors. It's not uncommon for children who come from the foster care system to have problems like this. They may have nightmares. They may have behavioral problems, and it can be difficult sometimes. But, like, Sharon's sleepwalking is very extensive. Yeah, she can get, she can get some distance. <laughs> she walked all the friggin' way from their house over a highway. They have to chase her across a busy highway. Yeah, and she is just, like, standing at the edge of this quarry moaning. She's having, she keeps having these nightmares about... A mineshaft, a fiery mineshaft. And I love the shot where they pan over the quarry and it just turns into that mineshaft and it zooms all the way down. And so Rose barely gets to Sharon before she walks off the fucking deep end. She, like, football tackles her. Yeah. Home! 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 Silent Hill! Silent Hill! Rose! Wake up! Hey! Uh... We'll find a way through this. We'll find a way. No. She said it again. I know. <laughs> she keeps saying it, you know. And so so Rose does what any normal parent would do. She seeks the help of professionals. They try and put her on some medication. Nothing's working. She keeps having night terrors. At the beginning of this movie, I always think, is this really the best course of action? Yeah. Like, she is having nightmares about this place, and you decide that the best course of action is to put her in a car and drive her across state lines to this mysterious place that she just shouts about in her nightmares. Like, I understand that she's out of options at this point. Yeah. And she really wants to help her kid. It just seems so crazy to me. Chris she says, no, no, no. You're not going to take my daughter to this ghost town that has been abandoned for 30 years. And Rose just, just can't, I guess Rose just can't see the harm. So apparently in this universe, Silent Hill is an abandoned 
coal mining town in West Virginia that basically everyone thinks burned down in the 1970s and that the coal the coal fires are still burning underneath and the director and the writer actually base the location off of a town in Pennsylvania called Centralia, Pennsylvania. And Centralia is in Columbia County. Columbia County is like mm, East Central Pennsylvania. If we have any listeners in Pennsylvania, you might know what I'm talking about. Um, it, the population was down to 63 by 1990, and there are only five residents as of last year. And the coal fires are still burning underneath since 1962. And it's the same way in Silent Hill. Yeah. And so we get this lovely scene. I, I love the way this film is shot. And I, I love the way that the cinematographer and the editor really worked hard in post-production to give you this like animated feel. Like it's like, it's not CGI, but it almost looks like it. You know what I mean? So Sharon's coloring under a tree. Really nice, cute little pictures. And Rose is like, do you know why I kidnapped you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I would sure like to know. We don't know that yet. No. Chris has done his research. He's gone on the Google, which was like, you know, your first go-to in 2006. Can we talk about the website that he finds this information on? <laughs> yeah, I know. Ghost Towns of America. This website, it, it looks like it was made in on a notepad. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Real early projection. You would never cite a website that looked like this in 2019. Yeah. <laughs> be like, fake news. <laughs> Look at this. It looks like it was made in an alt-writer's basement. Ah! <laughs> God. I love the music in this film. And they actually use the Konami Games composer... To compose the tracks for the film. Yeah. A lot of them are, uh, some of them are the same, but a lot of them are original mm -hmm. for the film. And I love that. And there's that nice little tranquil scene right before they get in the car where they're sitting under the tree and you just, it looks like a painting. They did such a good job. It, it, it's just the little things <laughs> in this film that really get me like that. Well, this is as happy as it gets. I know, right? <laughs> it's this, all downhill from this here. This is as tranquil as it will be. You know we're going on a special trip, don't you? Do you know where we're going? No? Well, honey, sometimes when you go to sleep, you go on a little walk. And sometimes you talk about a place called Silent Hill. I don't remember. Sometimes when you go to sleep, honey, you scare mommy half to death. Yeah. You're always talking about this place called Silent Hill. And way too far away from the house. Yeah. <laughs> Rose is explaining to Sharon that they're going on a little road trip and that daddy's not coming. <laughs> he doesn't know. Sharon doesn't have any follow-up questions. Don't tell him. <laughs> so they get on their merry way and uh, we stop in Braham's. That is not how you say it. It's it's a town called Brams, and I'm guessing it's in West Virginia. Brams, West Virginia. So they stop at the, oh, I wish I could remember the name of the gas station they stop at. Sticky Jim's? <laughs> <laughs> it's one of those. Let's just say it's called Sticky Jim's. Uh, you know what you can do at Sticky Jim's? Yeah, what? You can pump gas. You can sit down and have a meal. And... As seen by the neon sign that we can see when she comes in the door, you can get a tattoo. Ew. Can you imagine getting a tattoo at a gas station? Almost heaven. <laughs> West Virginia. 
And so she goes in to get the Jasselines and to get directions. Meanwhile, Sharon is terrified alone in the car. And who pulls up? Toluca County police officer. Officer Sybil Bennett. <laughs> yeah, she sees this unattended girl in a vehicle and just walks up to the window. And she's peeking in and she's like, Hey there. Is everything all right? Don't talk to strangers. Good girl. Sybil's a very vigilant police officer. Yeah. You know, she, she's got a history that we'll learn about later, but she is very vigilant and she's just going to do her, due, her, her job. She's going to do her job. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. While Rose is inside trying to get Jasseline, she's like, can you tell me how to get to Silent Hill? And the attendant running Sticky Jims or whatever it's called, <laughs> who I can only assume her name is Becky. <laughs> Watch the film. You'll see that it's a Becky. <laughs> Becky goes, why you want to go there? Yeah, it's very going up there, huh? And then, you know, Rose is like, um, I, um, definitely not kidnapping my kid and taking her there. I read about it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and she's like, yeah, road don't go through it no more. Yeah, <laughs> you're shit out of luck. And then Rose's card gets declined. So Rose saunters back out very, very mad, piping mad, on her Motorola. <laughs> With buttons. With buttons. It's got buttons, Physical guys. buttons that you have to press to dial. And Gosh. She, she gets on the phone with Chris and she's like. She's getting worse every day. Honey, the adoption people said Sharon came from West Virginia. And Silent Hill is in West Virginia. I'm not giving up on her, Chris. I'm not. Have you actually read the websites, Rose? Yes, Chris. I read them. It's dangerous to breathe the air. Yeah. His concerns are valid. Yes. <laughs> and you know what? He's the most unimportant character in the entire film, but his concerns are valid. <laughs> yes. And you know, you said something rather eloquent while we were watching the film. Yeah, he's a very useless character, but he's us. He is us. He's Yeah, he is a personification of our frustration and fear. Yeah. And, uh-huh. And like... This is custodial kidnapping. It is. That, that, you know, when a parent takes a child across state lines without the other's knowledge, and, like, the other parent objects to that, yeah. they call the cops. <laughs> that's, that's a crime. That is a, no, no. Sybil's standing there, and she's like, everything all right? Everything's fine. And then, you know, Rose is like, everything's fine, and then gets in the car and drives off. Meanwhile, Sybil is taking down the license plate number. Well, and I mean, you know, the more I think, because... Coming up on this next scene, I'm just like, why? Where was her head at? But I realize it now. Sybil's got her license plate number. Chris has probably called the police. There's probably an all points bulletin out on her vehicle. You know, I never did think about that because I never do think about how he found out exactly where she was so yeah. that he could go after them. So you're probably right. Rose is driving along. Making my way downtown into <laughs> hell. I don't know where I'm going. And then she's driving along and then she realizes, oh, Officer Bennett is hot on her tail. Yeah, she turns on the lights and the sirens, the whole kit and caboodle. Yeah, and so she pulls over the Jeep Liberty. And <laughs> and so Sybil almost gets to the car and then Rose spots Silent Hill, two it, miles. It said, Bram's that way, Silent Hill this way, with a very oblong arrow. And so she just kind of pulls Sharon's seatbelt tight and goes, hold on, sweetie. <laughs> And then speeds off. Remember when Becky said, Rome, don't go, go through, through it, it no, no more. more. Yeah. Yeah. 
Becky's like, don't go up that there road. <laughs> and, you know, she has to drive through a locked chain link gate. She's going well over 80 miles an hour. She's probably going 100 miles an hour. And she just busts through that gate. She didn't give a fuck. Bennett is still hot on her tail. And what walks into the road? Oh, and the little girl. <laughs> so Rose swerves and swishes and crashes. And now we're pretty much up to where the events of the game pick up. Yeah. Harry has been driving his adopted daughter through the mountains and he swerves and crashes and he wakes up. And just like the movie, he wakes up with no daughter in the car. And you just kind of see the fade up shot of Rose lifting her head off of the steering wheel and it's all gray outside. We are not in Kansas anymore. She's kidnapped the kid and now the kid is missing. And she's like, oh, now I'm really arrested. <laughs> and I'm really going to jail now. There's all this, there's this, all this speckled stuff falling out of the sky. It looks like snow. It looks like it's snowing. And then a, part, a particle of it finally falls in her eye and she wipes it away. And she puts it between her thumb and her pointer finger. And she's like, it's ashes. Yeah. Why are all these ashes raining down from the sky? It's everywhere. And the fog is really deep Mm -hmm. and grayscale. It's so creepy. And you know why it looks like that? So that the developers could hide how sharp the graphics weren't. (laughs) I I love that. That's one of my favorite pieces of trivia about the game. (laughs) They're like, let's make everything really hard to see so that no one can actually look at it. Also, I just want to say one thing. Oh, no. Sheen Bean. Your accent, your American accent, I do not believe you're from the Midwest. You are all over the place. There will be countless examples throughout the recording. We'll get to that. But Rhoda Mitchell is able to hold, you know, Rhoda Mitchell is Australian, but she is able to do a perfectly fine Midwestern American accent. This town is deserted. Yeah. Like, except for one little girl who looks like Sharon, who is just running loose. I'd be so pissed. These shots of her chasing this little girl through the town are all very reminiscent of the game, Mm -hmm. especially that first part of the game. All of the overhead shots, especially when she's going into the alley with all the chain link fence, Mm -hmm. all of that is like pulled directly from the game. I, I know I have a lot of complaints about this movie. I will air those complaints. But at its core, mm-hmm. you can tell that these you can tell this creative team really loved the source material and wanted to try and be faithful to the source material. Mm-hmm. It's tricky when you have to cram seven hours of gameplay into two hours of movie. Yes. So I understand how things go sideways there. She's just chasing this little girl. And because she thinks it's Sharon. But if it was Sharon, she'd probably stop. Yeah. My mom is calling my name. I'm in a strange town. I don't know anybody. She would stop for her. Mm -hmm. But she eventually chases her into this alley. Mm -hmm. It's you were you were like, what is this? It looks like you're going down into like an underground metro. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. And then it looks this, like you're going into a subway. It's this series of twisting and turning alleys. Mm-hmm. It's so weird. And then, right as the little girl disappears down into it, she's like, "Sharon, honey, 
And then... This air alarm starts blaring. And as Rose looks around, she sees that everything is just slowly going dark. The daylight is just vanishing. And she's like, what? What? What is happening? This is where I would like to point out, first and foremost, that I'm sorry again that this is not a visual medium. Yeah. Like, Gavin was like, are you going to be able to do this? There's, like, no dialogue in this movie. Which there is. There's more than most. But he was like, there's just not a lot of dialogue. Everything's very visual. Yeah. And... So we're going to do our best to describe what's going on. Mm -hmm. I'm sure you'll be getting a lot of our emotions that come with that. Rose decides that, okay, I'll just light my way with this little lighter that I have. Also, why does she have the lighter? She didn't smoke. I didn't see her smoke one goddamn cigarette. (laughs) No, she takes that Zippo out of her pocket and is using it to light her way down this dank, dripping... just this labyrinth of chain link fences. And she finally comes up to like this bend in the chain link and discovers this guy in a miner's outfit who is strung up on the fence by virtue of these sinuous icky things i <laughs> he's crucified yeah he he's done up in a cross he's just it's such a gross visceral image and she's obviously terrified and she can see that there's somebody in it yeah somebody's alive in there yeah it's, oh, it's so terrible because he's like a snack. He's like, he's waiting to be eaten by something. Yeah. And she just. And she's like backing up and she's like, ah, ah. But she's got bigger problems because you know what's behind her. I don't remember what these things are called in the game. You want to know what I call them? What? I call them the brimstone kids. And here's why. Because they look like cabbage patch kids that have been exposed to a welding torch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> They have this gray, ashy skin that is, like, crackling and falling apart. And, like, it looks like their insides are made of cinders. Yeah, like, their their flesh is, like, smoldering in patches on their body like they've been burned badly. They're just, like, little fire children. Yeah. There's too many There's of them? There's too many of them. makes me so freaked out when they're chasing her through all this crap and she's trying to get out of it. You really feel Rose's terror. Like, Rada Mitchell has this ability to be so vulnerable but yet so determined at the same time and, like... You love a strong, determined woman. I do! But she just brings this vulnerability to the character that I'm just... I eat it up. I do. And so, you know, she's screaming, trying to get away from all this monkey business and... They chase her into this bowling alley. And they're like, they finally get her on the ground. They're swarming her. They're swarming her and clawing on her. And then there just comes this moment where she just screams. And it's like the scream, they begin to dissolve away. It's like the sound of her loud screaming just makes them disintegrate. Yeah. And they just, they dobby out. They just like, they're gone. Bye-bye. And And she just passes out. And then just wakes up with a jolt. Get off of me. And everything's light again. (laughs) And there is an old jukebox in the bowling alley playing Johnny Cash's Ring of Fire. (laughs) I love dark humor. It's one of the better moments in the film. (laughs) 
everything's gone back to quote normal. Yeah. Like, you know, it, <laughs> yeah. there's still ash falling from the sky, but it's not like a hellscape. Yeah. Rose is walking around and this is where she realizes that the town literally just falls off the face of the earth. You, when you look down both sides, you can't see anything else. Like you, it's the edge. It's where the sidewalk ends. Yeah. It literally, it's just this void and you can see there's this great shot where she's look it's from it's looking up as she's looking down and you just see how everything is busted apart and you can see how all the old pipeline is jagging coming out of the side of the rift that she's on this is where we meet Dahlia for the first time <laughs> Ross tell us a little bit about Dahlia I love Dahlia Dahlia guys if you're cats fans <laughs> she's kind of like the Grizabella of this dumpster you know <laughs> She is in all of these long, long rags and stuff, and her hair is overgrown and matted and gray and very, very long. She has a great, great look to her. The production designer did an amazing job in the costume arena. Mm -hmm. Like, she looks like something that would crawl out of the side of a wall in hell. (laughs) Yeah. And you could, I just love the makeup on her face. She's so dirty and ashy, and you can see these two, you know, these two tracks of ash and dirt where she's obviously been crying. She is in bad shape. Only the dark one opens and closes the door to Silent Hill. Please. I don't know what's happening. Do you know what's going on here? My daughter. I'm looking for my daughter. I'm afraid that she's been hurt. We've all lost our children. Please, you have to help me. I'm looking for my daughter. I've lost her. And Dahlia's like, we've all lost our children. You're not special. (laughs) And she just starts going on about how they deceived me, their hate, you know. And you're just like, whoa, whoa, girl, who is they? You were saying too many words and nothing's coming out, you know. Rose shows her a picture of Sharon. In the little locket she's got. She's got a little locket with Sharon's picture in it. And she shows Dahlia the picture and Dahlia just bugs out. This is my daughter, Sharon. She sleepwalks, so you have to be careful. But if you see her, please tell her to wait for me. She's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. It's mine. mine. Dahlia is a great representation for purgatory. Yeah. In this film. Um, Through this, as we will get more and more into, you know, there's this huge, you know, correlation between heaven and hell and hell on earth. And Dahlia is just walking about in this limbo of her own it's like can't move forward can't move back but we'll get more into that cut back to a world that's in crisp color focus yeah because because the shots in silent hill are all very grayscale, like lots of cool blues and grays Mm -hmm. and then we cut back to like the full color spectrum again we're at a gas station outside of Bram's. You can add one more thing to Sticky Jim's list of amenities. You know what it is? What? It's an auto body shop also. <laughs> because Chris rolls up and he's he's asking around like, hey, anybody seen my wife? She drives Jeep Liberty. <laughs> We're getting to that, I promise. <laughs> He walks into the mechanic shop and like there's this 
big guy like puffing on a stogie working on the car uh-huh. and he's he walks up to him and he's like have you seen my wife she might have been here last night actually she was heading for this place silent hill how do i get there you don't town's closed down because of the coal fire still burning underground you know breathe enough of them fumes oh bound to kill you and, you know, Becky and Wayne Knight won't give Chris any information. And so he has to take out his money clip and be like, where the fuck is Silent Hill, bro? <laughs> Chris is able to follow his information to the accident site where Rose plowed through the chain link fence. Mm-hmm. Okay? So there, it's like a long bridge and the gate is at the other end. And at one end of the bridge, there's a police roadblock. It's pouring rain. Chris is soaking wet. He doesn't have an umbrella. And he's asking the cop, like, hey, have you seen my wife? Where is she? Sorry, sir. This road is closed. We'll have to turn around. I'm looking for my wife. She may have come through here. She she, she tries to keep living. Silver, Ohio place. Sir, this man's wife was driving a Jeep. She drives a Jeep Liberty. Who did you become? (laughs) I'm sorry. He gets out of that car. And he turns into a guy from the Bronx. Like, they take him across the police barricade and they introduce him to lead detective Thomas Gucci. Where is she? Detective Thomas Gucci, enjoying the weather, are you? God's sake. I'm trying to find my wife. I know, hang on a second. Now, that vehicle you were talking about, we found it. Yeah. It's got the end of the bridge here, but it's empty. It's got no indication anyone's come under any harm. Christ. Toluca County lead detective Thomas Gucci? (laughs) What? (laughs) All right. He is all business and he is full of attitude. (laughs) Detective Thomas Gucci, enjoying the weather, are we? (laughs) You asshole. He's holding an umbrella. (laughs) This man is distraught. And you have, this is one of your, this is one of the scenes where you have a lot of problems with his accent. Okay, he can't settle on something. He's like, I'll try a little bit of everything. I'll be, I'll be from the Midwest. I'll be from the East Coast. I'm looking for my wife. She might have come through here. She drives Jeep Liberty. <laughs> Sheen Bean. You are better than this. Gucci's like, it's Gucci. I've got men already up there looking for your wife and daughter. It's going to be okay. We found the Jeep. Cut back to Rose wandering around some more. She spends a lot of this movie just walking through these sets. And I think that's fine because Silent Hill... It's more atmospheric. Mm -hmm. So that's why the setting details are very important, and it's very important that you see a lot of it. Mm -hmm. So I get it. So Rose has wandered back to the Jeep Liberty. (laughs) Yeah. And she's back in the car. Throughout the movie, one of the narrative devices we get to push this plot along is that Rose is finding Sharon's drawings all over the place, and she's using them as, like, clues to find out where she might be. This is one of the first drawings that we get in Silent Hill. It used to be a fun little picture of a schoolhouse and, you know, there was sunshine and birds. Now it looks like the seventh circle of hell and there's birds flying all around it. And now, and now there's a little girl in one of the windows. She's just like, ah, a clue. Another breadcrumb. (laughs) I guess cars don't run in hell. Yeah. Um. And so (laughs) she's trying to start this Jeep. She's like, fuck, come on, come on, come on. And then Sybil magically appears on the side of the vehicle. And she's like, put both hands on the wheel. (laughs) Where's the little girl, ma'am? Please. My daughter, she's gone. 
need your help. Get out of the car. What? Move it. Huh? Jesus. What are you doing? You're under arrest. What? You have the right to remain silent. What? Anything you say what can the hell be used for? against you in a court of law. Sybil's a great police officer. Like, consider everything she doesn't know. Mm-hmm. She's being a very good police officer. She sees a child in a custodial kidnapping situation. Mm-hmm. You can see on Sybil's head, she's got a pretty gnarly bust on her head, and you can see the blood's dripping down. From under her police helmet? And under her sunglasses. Yeah. yeah. In the game, she's a much more minor character. She's actually there when you wake up in like the bowling alley or the diner. Whatever happens after the first darkness mm-hmm. falling, she's there when you wake up. And she's not as much of a character in the game as she is in the movie. That is one improvement that I really like. Mm-hmm. You know, so whatever reason she's here, she's here. And she's realizing that she can't make contact with the station. Yeah, she's trying to radio in this perp. Officer Bennett's base, over. Base, do you copy? Over. You're bleeding. Cracked my head on the road pretty good when my bike went down. You all right to walk? Sure. And it looks like we'll be hiking back to Brams. As they're walking, they're chatting. Sybil is explaining to Rose exactly why she's being so aggressive. Yeah. A sicko brought another kid up to Silent Hill before, and she had to save his life. This is where Sybil gets a huge reality check. Because she's trying to walk her out of town, and we come to a very similar precipice. The whole world just drops off. Like, literally, Sybil... Like, lets go of Rose and continues to walk to the edge, looks down into that void, looks to the left, looks up to her right at the complete cut-in-half mountain. (laughs) And she's just looking around, and I think that at that moment, you can see it behind her eyes, she's like, no. (laughs) This is not happening. This is not real. I'm going to push this back into the back filing cabinet. Rose is like, okay, do you see what I'm talking about? Something weird's fucking happening here. She's not convinced, though. She's like, take these handcuffs off me. And you're right. She is not convinced. She wants to walk to a fire tower. And Rose is so over it at this point. I love it. There's a fire lookout tower on the far side of Toluca Lake. It should have a radio. Fuck you, you stupid cop. I mean, hey, we've all been there with both good and bad cops. Yeah. Whether they're just writing you a speeding ticket or planning evidence on you. (laughs) We've all been there. This is where the oh hell no makes an appearance. (laughs) Is that what you're calling it? And again, so- again, the titles of these creatures are available on the internet. I didn't look them all up because, frankly, I like calling it an oh hell no. There's like this weird fenced off area for junk, like right on the side of the mountain. And Sybil sees hmm, a shadowy figure on top of a trash heap. And she's like, hey, hey, you up there. I'm a police officer. You have to listen to me. <laughs> yeah. And and then her radio starts acting up. Mm-hmm. And the oh hell no comes stumbling around it's it looks like its skin is a makeshift straight jacket and it's got no arms it's walking on two bowed in legs and it's got this it's got this it's got this <laughs> you can't even sorry. you can't even put it into words it's got this gaping hole in its stomach and there's there's pluming Sizzling, 
fluid dripping out of it. It kind of looks like a human being trapped in a morph suit. Yeah. But it can also shoot caustic black goop from a hole in its chest cavity. Yeah. Like, it's so weird. It's got no eyes, no ears, no mouth. It spews that black acid all over her helmet. Yeah. And she has to, like, rip it off her head. She, I love the shot as she throws the helmet on the ground, and you can see that the fluid is eating away into the helmet. Stay where you are! Stop! She rips that helmet off and I'm like, wow, am I gay? (laughs) She's so attractive. She is hot. She's very, very hot. The look on her face as she's moving towards it, shooting it in the head repeatedly. Rose sees her opportunity and just makes a break for it. (laughs) Bye-bye. Oh, hell no. Uh Fuck this shit, I'm out. Yeah. She runs back into town because Rose knows she has to get to the schoolhouse. She gets to the school... And Midwich Elementary School. Yes. <laughs> Remember what I said about the kindergarten cop school? Yeah. <laughs> I think that's more for the game. I can't believe that. I'd forgotten entirely about that. Yeah. <laughs> that's it, so weird. She knows she's in the right place because she's seeing the same religious symbol everywhere that's in Sharon's drawings. She's still cuffed. So the fact that she's able to get anything done is astounding to me. I know. You know millennials. We all know how to do things with one hand. Yeah. (laughs) But she has no hands. She finds a key ring with about three dozen keys on it. Yeah. Like a a janitor's key ring Mm -hmm. and a humongous flashlight. Then Then we have something that's almost a relief. We hear Detective Gucci's voice over a loudspeaker. This is Silva. I'm an officer of the law and I'm helping to save AD. Cut to a full color shot of Gucci and Chris in a police vehicle driving down the street of Silent Hill. Yeah. Because up until this point, we've kind of been given the impression that these are two completely different worlds because of the color filters. Mm -hmm. But now we have a full color shot of Chris in Silent Hill, which is very different from the grayscale blue of Rose's perspective. Mm Mm-hmm. We're starting to understand that they are actually on different planes of existence. Yeah, that, they are in two different dimensions. And that will become very apparent throughout the rest of this scene in the school. I love how Detective Gucci's just like, what'd you do to piss her off? Yeah. <laughs> He's blaming Chris for this. Yeah. <laughs> He's up on Chris. Yeah, Chris literally did nothing. Cut back to Rose running through the school. She's screaming Sharon's name at the top of her lungs. Mm -hmm. So I don't know why she's surprised when she goes around a corner and sees all these men dressed in mining outfits. Mm -hmm. There they are. There are the people. She freaks out and starts running because they're chasing her. Mm -hmm. They've even got a little canary in a cage. Yeah. You know, if if you don't know anything about mining, and believe me, I didn't. Miners used to use canaries in mine shafts to detect poisonous gas. And really? That, yeah. I had no idea. If the bird dies, you know you gotta get the hell out of there. Yeah. One of my favorite shots in the movie is of Rose running across the courtyard and there is a hopscotch in chalk uh-huh. that says hell at the beginning of it. Yeah. I love that image. She she cuts into the building across the courtyard and she locks herself in a classroom. 
she's in this classroom. Everything is covered in dust Mm -hmm. because nobody's been there in years, except for this one desk that has two child-sized handprints in the dust. Mm -hmm. Whose desk is it, Ross? Alessa Gillespie. Alessa Gillespie is Dahlia's daughter. Mm-hmm. She was a student here. Yeah. I lo- and in one of these handprints, it's scratched into the surface of the desk. Witch. Yeah, it's apparent that Alessa did not get along with her classmates. And I love throughout the film, there's these little, you know, they look like old 70s film reel. and <laughs> Yeah, like Super 8 reels. We see this, you know, image of this little girl being pelted with books by a bunch of other classmates. And they're screaming, burn the witch. Children's voices in unison are just inherently terrifying, number one. Yeah. Number two, bullying. Number three, this is a horror movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's just all of those things. And then, out of the corner of Rose's eye... I hate all these repetitive beats where we're just chasing this mysterious little girl. I would be so pissed. Get back here, you little asshole! I think she thinks it's just another little girl who's lost. Mm-hmm. And Rose is a very compassionate and maternal person. She's yeah. not going to let a kid wander around on her own. Yeah. Okay. We're at this scene. Like you say, let's try and get through this together. Okay. This is a really terrible scene, guys. Like, in terms of its visceral imagery. It's disturbing. The context. Disturbing. It's all bad. Disturbing. The little girl runs into a bathroom and locks herself in the stall. But of course we don't know which one because she's picked her feet up. Mm -hmm. So now we got to do this thing where we go down the line of stalls and we open every single door. And Mm -hmm. you know that the worst thing is going to be behind that last door. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And it is. Oh boy, is it It, ever! It really is. She opens that door, and an adult man in a janitor's outfit with a name patch that reads Colin, he's strung up with barbed wire over this toilet. His back has to be broken in several places. He's like trussed up like a turkey. Yeah. Just been strung up with barbed wire. It's in his eyes. It's all... Ew, it's so horrible. I love the way Rose just jumps back like, ooh! Can you imagine the smell? Oh, God. Bathroom is so disgusting. On the wall, over his head, in what I imagine is feces. Dare you, dare you, double dare you. With an arrow. Pointing at his mouth. And then she realizes... That it's a clue, Blue! There's... (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine if this was Blue's clue? And she just... Yeah, she just turns off that flashlight and she's like, okay, I've got to get what's in his mouth. And so she just kind of reaches in between the barbed wire and she takes this rock looking thing out of his mouth. And then... (laughs) Here we go. Here we go. Here we go again. (laughs) It's deja vu. The walls start peeling again. Everything, like, it's... Yeah, like cheap paint. Yeah, it's like everything's just melting off of the walls. You get to see the transition much more vividly this time around. The way every the way the walls look like muscle tissue. Yeah. And blood and veins. But wait, there's more bad news. Ro- <coughs> I know, I know this is going to be... so creepy! I know this is going to be tough for you to get through, but mm. just hold my hand if you need to. <laughs> It's scary. It is scary. Rose is not alone in the bathroom anymore. Colin has reanimated. He's still trussed up in the barbed wire, 
but he is dragging himself on his belly across the bathroom floor. And he's waggling his tongue, and you're just like, no, stop! Call the police! Play the sound effect. No, I don't want to play the sound effect! Please play the sound effect so they can hear. The sound design in this film really will get at you. Oh, it's horrible. The noises he's making when he's groaning is just, it's not okay. She decides to scream for about 30 seconds before finally fucking leaving. Yeah, I'm like, girl, what are you doing? Get out of there! And then she goes on a real hell journey all throughout this school trying to get out, get to somewhere safe. She falls out a window back into the courtyard. Mm Mm-hmm. And... Here we go. (laughs) Yeah, here we go. (laughs) Silent Hill fans, I know you're mad. But guess who shows up? Pyramid Head. (laughs) I'll very quickly give you the cliff notes on why Silent Hill fans are mad about this, okay? Pyramid Head doesn't show up until the second game. His imagery and what he represents have everything to do with characters who are not in the first game and who are not in the narrative events that we're trying to follow here. Mm -hmm. So putting him in there is just fan service and doesn't really make a lot of sense in the context of the lore. And ended up making fans mad rather than pleased. But it's almost one of those things where it's like, when you think about Silent Hill, you can't not talk about Pyramid Head. Mm -hmm. He's one of the most iconic creatures from the franchise. You go to a con anywhere, a convention, there's someone dressed as Pyramid Head Mm -hmm. every year. He's wearing um, a triple X size Dobby's tea cozy. Yes. And he's (laughs) very buff, very cut up, and he's carrying around a knife that he has to, that is hindering his speed because it's so heavy and long and gigantic. And And his head is a metallic pyramid. He's flanked by a bunch of creepy crawlies. You mean the giant stink bugs? They look like giant stink bugs. Yeah. You know stink bugs, the Indiana State bird. (laughs) God, they're everywhere. Yeah, they are. So she runs across this courtyard away from him. And this sequence is fascinating. From Rose's perspective, she's running back across the courtyard, and on the full-color plane, Chris is also in the courtyard, and they literally pass each other, but they can't see or hear the other person. Mm -hmm. He can smell her perfume, though. Yeah. You know how they say smell is your strongest sense? Mm -hmm. It literally defies (laughs) space-time. I felt her. What? Her perfume. She was here. Who was? My wife. She wasn't here. Put this mask Perfume. Breathe. Through that mask. I love how Gucci's like, put the mask back on. You're just breathing in too much gas. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You're gonna die. Put the mask back on. Yeah. Rose finally reunites with Sybil after Sybil saves her from a swarm of the giant stink bugs. Mm -hmm. She drags her into an elevator shaft and they just bar the door. Yeah. (laughs) I love how the first thing Sybil does is uncuff her. Yeah. She's looking around like... She's like, okay, I think we're pretty much in the same boat. (laughs) You probably need your hands. <laughs> Allow me to uncuff you. Yes. Because it's not very long before Pyramid Head is like, knock, knock. Come and knock on our door. Come and knock on our door. We've been waiting for you. We've been waiting for you. Take a look at my knife. <laughs> <laughs> this knife is so huge. He stabs through this industrial steel door with this long knife. It's, it. I would call it a machete, but that doesn't describe it either. It's... 
It's 12 feet long. It's El Gran Machete. El Gran Machete. Okay, we'll go with that. And he's swinging it, slicing, dicing it. I love how Sybil points the gun at him. Yeah. Like, what do you think that's going to do? What are you going to do? Shoot it? Sybil shoots him. He just kind of backs off. Yeah, he's just like, all right, I'm done. That was too much. LOL, just messing. I was just trying to play. Y'all trying to shoot me. And then the darkness just... Everything just kind of peels back into place. And the daylight just comes back. And everything is quiet. Sybil throws that door right open. Guns blazing. Another one of the reasons I love this movie. I can't stand it in horror movies when people aren't adequately freaked out. You mean McReady? Yeah. (laughs) We're we're gonna do Slither eventually, and we're gonna explain the concept of McReady. (laughs) I kinda wanna. I know. I ain't Slither. I know. Silent Hill over Slither any day. But that's where I take that from. When somebody is appropriately freaked out, they're McReady. They're McReady. And Sybil is McReady. Yes. (laughs) What the fuck? You saw that, right? That was real? I know this is crazy. I know. We gotta calm right down because my kid is not here and I've gotta find her before this happens again. She's driving this car now. Yeah, she's like, my kid's not here and I gotta find her. She's like, look at this rock I pulled out of this dead guy's mouth. (laughs) It says hotel on it. We should go there. (laughs) We cut to them walking up to the hotel. I hate this. This is the worst line in the whole film. They used to say this place was haunted. I think they were right. Not only is it a very bad line, (laughs) it's some very bad ADR. If you watch her mouth, her mouth isn't moving. She didn't say that. Bad form. (laughs) They hear an altercation taking place in the hotel and like run towards the noise. This is where we meet Anna, part-time scavenger, full-time cult member. (laughs) She's trying to drive off Dahlia, who's accosting her. Yes. Get back! Lands without a shepherd, shepherd without a flock. It's your sins which hold you here. Stop your lungs! This is just what Dahlia does. She wanders around like, wake up, sheeple! (laughs) You're all in your own hell! Yeah. She's that person wearing the sandwich board that you try not to make eye contact with. Yeah. Yeah. Like... (laughs) Like those people that stand in the middle of highways with cardboard signs that say appeal to heaven. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. This is where we're starting to learn that Dahlia is persona non grata. Yeah. Because she finally runs off and Anna starts explaining. Dahlia was cast out. Not even the darkness wants her. She's lost her daughter too. What? Sinners deserve to lose their spawn. You mean there are other people here? So this faith literally runs this town. Mm-hmm. It's pretty obvious at this point that it's a cult. Mm-hmm. There's symbols, there's rituals, there's weird stuff happening everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's a cult. Sybil finds one of Sharon's drawings in the mailbox for room 111. I'm just saying, they are not looking very hard. <laughs> These clues are basically like, hey, pick me up. Hi. Like the blues clues. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just walk up to that mailbox. It's got a big blue paw print on it. I feel like I feel like a child again watching Dora the Explorer. <laughs> is it here? <laughs> no. And Sherlock Rose is like, all right, we're, <laughs> we're going up to room 111. She's like, I just, I hate that. It's sloppy writing. Check this out. 
What number did you take this from? 111. We gotta go to room 111. Writers really broke a sweat with that one. Yeah. Meanwhile, back on the other plane, Gucci puts Chris back in his car and sends him on his way. He's like, don't fuck with my investigation. Let me do this. Let me do my job. Chris isn't satisfied. He's trying to get public records on this town, but he can't get anybody on the phone. So he breaks into the records office. Again, super logical adult decision making here. He goes into these charred record boxes and finds a case file with Gucci's name on it. The Gillespie case. Chris opens this file and this photo of Alessa Gillespie falls out. And of course, she looks exactly like Sharon. Like It's a photo of Sharon. It's a photo of Sharon, basically. Yeah. But yeah. it says Alessa Gillespie. And this whole case file is detailing the big fire in Silent Hill. Back at the hotel, Sybil, Rose, and Anna are looking for room 111. But they can't find it. It just doesn't exist. It's just not there. <laughs> it goes from literally room 109 to 113. Mm-hmm. But there's also all of these big ornate paintings in this hallway. I'm sorry. If I'm staying at the Best Western <laughs> and there's a wall-length portrait of a witch being burned at the stake, I'm checking out. I'm out. Bad Yelp review. Sorry. And so what does Rose do with the ornate butter knife that she's stolen from Anna? She tears a hole in that portrait. Oh, and guess what's behind the painting? Room 111. What kind of pathway is this demon leaving for them? I don't know. Because they have to go behind this painting, go into this secret room, and then the secret room has, like, the wall blown out of the side of it. Yeah, and it's a bunch of stories up. Yeah, and they literally have to hop across the alley. They have to hop across the alley, a few stories in the air, across this very narrow alley into the other building. I just have in my notes, oh boy, more chasing that kid that's definitely not Sharon. We arrive in what I call factory of stuff. (laughs) You can't make out a single thing that's stacked up in this factory, this warehouse that they've entered into next door to the hotel. It all just looks like junk. You can't identify a single object. But I know it all looks charred. Yeah, like there was a big fire. Ooh, Ooh. things coming together. (laughs) Whatever started all of this, this is where it happened. Mm -hmm. We're We're chasing this little girl again. She finally catches up to this little girl. Are you Alessa? Where's my Sharon? Look at me. I'm burning. This little girl playing Sharon and Alessa is so stupid good. Yeah, she has very good uh, versatility. Because when she's Sharon, she's just this little meek, like, oh, hi. Hi, I just want to... Look at this thing I drew. I just want to draw and buy stickers, you know. (laughs) But as Alessa, she is an otherworldly being. Mm -hmm. It's so creepy. But it was all hallucination. Doesn't matter. Spooky horror stuff. Mm -hmm. She snaps out of it and Sybil and Anna are like, what the hell are you doing? (laughs) What the hell were you doing over there? You're going to get yourself killed. I think I just saw Dahlia's daughter. She was the one that brought us here. What are you talking about? She was the one that made me crash my car. Alessa. We don't say her name. And then the birds start to freak out the again. The birds shoot up out of the shaft. We have to leave. We have to leave. The darkness is coming. Let's go. So we're going to church. <laughs> this church, mm-hmm. they run through this shitty little graveyard, 
And they turn around to notice all of these other people in rags running through the graveyard, up the stairs, and into the church. And I'm sorry, I don't trust any house of the Lord with two big red doors. (laughs) I'm sorry, I know I'm not welcome there. Yeah, all these people just come out of nowhere mm-hmm. in in swarms. Where are they living? I don't know. Where are they hiding? Why haven't we seen a single human up until this point? Yeah, you think with all the yelling and running around they've been doing all over town, somebody would have poked their head out and said, hey, you're in hell. <laughs> Welcome to hell. And who's gallivanting down the steps but Dahlia? She's, she's Every- talking shit to everybody running past her, and she's like, You run not towards sanctuary, but from your fears. Do not join the others. They are deceivers. They are damned. We gotta get inside. No. The wolves in the skin of sheep, they brought about their own hell. They'll take you with them. Rose grabs her and she's like, I've seen your kid. I've seen Alessa. This is some weird stuff. I need answers. And I just hate Dahlia. She's so non-responsive. Fire doesn't cleanse, it blackens. That's not an answer! (laughs) The daylight fades and we're in darkness again. Dahlia's not at all bothered by the darkness. Yeah, I know. It doesn't, because it leaves her alone. Yeah. She can walk freely amongst it. All the other townspeople, except Anna, have gone inside the church. Mm-hmm. And Anna's just, Anna feels no sense of urgency. Yeah. She just wants to throw more rocks at Dahlia and call her a liar. Mm-hmm. And it's a shot of Anna, and we just see Pyramid Head materialize behind her. And your butthole tightens, because you know some shit's about to happen. Mm-hmm. We see Pyramid Head carrying Anna up the steps by her neck and you're and then you're just like oh god it's not it's not a fun image at all and then pyramid head rips the entirety of her skin off of her body it's disgusting he throws her bloody carcass against the door just as it closes and sybil and rose's faces get sprayed with it oh it's disgusting They turn around into this nicely lit church with all of these spooky looking townspeople. (laughs) And what's the first thing that bitch cries out? Witches! witches! (laughs) Guys, they've been here 10 seconds. Yeah. But they are convinced that they brought the darkness with them. Uh huh. (laughs) Sybil wastes that last bullet to get them to back off. She shoots it into the ceiling. This is where we meet Christabella. The leader of this order. Yeah. This cult. She's just like, let us pray. Yeah. Christabella, they lured my Anna. They gave her to the fiend. Eleanor, you must remember that Anna went against our laws. She went alone outside into the devil's playground. She was not the responsibility of these two strangers. We'll deal with them later. Now we must pray. Christabella starts reciting a verse from Revelations. Mm -hmm. And there's a great cut of the cultists praying in their little circle. And it cuts to a bunch of orphan children saying their bedtime prayers. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Because we're back out in the real world again. Mm -hmm. And Chris has come to this orphanage that they adopted Sharon from to interrogate the nuns about where she came from. I need answers. I'm sorry, Sister Margaret. This really can't be. I can't imagine why. Nine years ago, a baby was left outside this orphanage. My wife and I were the ones who adopted her. I'm very happy for you, Mr. DeSona. But I can't give out information on our children. Nobody wants to talk. 
not the nuns, not the public records people. Nobody's giving Chris answers because something very evil and shameful obviously happened in the nucleus of this community. Mm -hmm. And nobody wants to talk. And Chris reaches his breaking point and becomes physical with the nun. Yeah, he grabs her arm or something. Mm -hmm. And Detective Gucci just slinks out of the corner and is like, hey, did you miss me? (laughs) (laughs) Why are you assaulting nuns? Yeah. I also love how he's like, I've seen 12-year-olds that cover their tracks better than you do. Yeah. (laughs) How do you think he found him? Yeah. He cuffs Chris and sits him down to have a heart-to-heart. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can put you in jail, or you can go home. That's your definition of justice, huh? Many different forms of justice, Chris. So you've got man's, God's, and even the devil's. Certain forms you just can't control. He's like, look, you have no idea what you're dealing with here. He shows him these scars on his palms. Mm-hmm. They're just very circular, and they're just very badly burned. Mm-hmm. He's been wearing gloves up until this point, mm-hmm. so we haven't noticed it. And he just shows him that, and then doesn't offer any explanation. Yeah. Because he's kind of done trying to get Chris to go away. Mm-hmm. Now it's basically, I'm going to arrest you, or you're going to leave. Mm-hmm. We're back in Silent Hill. Rose has convinced Christabella and the cult to help her find her daughter. Christabella tells Rose that the demon that is cursing their town is the only one who knows where Sharon is. Why? I don't know. Mm -hmm. Okay. But (laughs) Rose is like, okay, where's the demon? (laughs) And Christabella is like, why it's in the bowels of our local hospital. (laughs) No one has ever returned from the core of the darkness where the demon lies in wait. She's not going to help us. Let's just go. If you wish to face the demon to find your daughter... I won't stop you. Christabella, they can't go down Silence, Adam. Christabella and a couple of her goons escort them to the hospital. Christabella takes her over to this map on the wall. It's the floor plan of all the levels of the hospital. Look at this map. Memorize it. Your memory may save your life. Do you see this room? Yep. That is where the darkness lies. The demon is in the bowels of this building. It hides behind the face of an innocent. Basement 13. Yes. Mm. That's it. The, the, we're literally going down to hell. Yeah. To the basement. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when they first came in the church, in the struggle, somebody pulled Rose's locket off, the one with Sharon's picture in it. Mm-hmm. And Christabella picked it up, okay? And she is returning it to her. <laughs> it has opened in her pocket. <laughs> yeah, it swings open and she sees Sharon's picture she goes from zero to a million. Witch! Her child's the likeness of Alessa. Her child's the next vessel. Stop her! Don't let the witches go down! The goons try and strong arm them, and Sybil just takes the baton to them. Yeah, Sybil's like, mm, no, you're not putting your hands on us today. <laughs> she shoves Rose into the elevator while she fends these guys off. And then the doors just slam shut, and then we start falling. My uh, the literal elevator in our minds, yeah, in our hearts, and in the movie are all falling rapidly. Yeah, it's terrifying. And the goons, oh, this is horrible. 
this is just awful. Yeah, I don't like watching this sequence where the men are beating the holy mess out of Sybil. Another unfortunate example of how the sound design is so good. Because it's the sound of a pipe hitting bone and flesh. Yeah. It's horrifying. I'm not going to play any of it. The squish, squash, flippity flop. Mm-mm. I'm not going to do it to you. Uh, it's just, it's bad. So ding, <laughs> the elevator opens. Mind the step, sir. Oh my God. Going up, sir. Have a good day, sir. Honest to goodness. How did we get a Roger Rabbit reference in here? And you know what's on, you know what symbol is painted on the inside of the elevator door? The bisected symbol of the order. And you're just like, Kit, is there anything this order hasn't marked for their own? <laughs> Can't they leave some of it to hell? Rose has memorized the path to get to this basement room. And right before she goes down, that guy gives her the torch. Gives her the flashlight. Yeah, she's got a flashlight in hand. It's smoky and burned out and red down there. And you're just like, Ugh. Like the ruins of a fire. So she finally turns that last corner. Oh my goodness. This is this is one of the big things in Silent Hill. The Bubblehead Nurses. Uh, See, that name I did know. Yeah. They literally look like mannequins in nurses' outfits that are just bent and mm-hmm. twisted like an old tree. Mm-hmm. And they're just frozen, just standing there. Yeah. Rose figures out that, like, as long as she doesn't bug them... They won't move. They're attracted to her light. Yeah, so she has to shut the light off and navigate her way very slowly through all of the limbs. What's unnerving about it is they're silent and they're they're like they're standing still, not moving, but they're still breathing. Yeah. So like every once in a while one of them will go Yeah. And like, I'm like, oh, why? And some of them are armed with scalpels. Yeah. what they, they are, most of them are armed. So I don't remember what finally triggers it. It literally is just that one nurse gets wise. And then and they she all rises start... up behind her. Everybody was kung fu fighting. You know, like, she's literally, like, doing the Vogue through all of these nurses. And so she finally decides, okay, I'm leaving the light. I can see the door. Puts that torch on the ground, like, flies to a... Damn it, that's what I was going to say! Like, flies to a porch light, are all gathering around the light. And then she's running and running. You can see that red-lit door at the end of the hall. White out. White out. And, like, I'm sorry. Here we go. This is where it all starts to fall apart for me. Yeah, it... This is what we call a gross exposition dump. (laughs) It it does make sense, but it's not at all satisfying. Yeah. We are greeted by Alessa's voice in Whiteout. Congratulations, Rose. You're here. You did it. Your reward is the truth. All right, so here's the truth. (laughs) 
It's not funny. It's not funny. What's funny is the execution of all of this. So here we go. Through a montage. Montage time. Yeah. <laughs> we need some theme music, we need for, theme the music for the montage time. Through a montage, this myriad of little 35 millimeter films, Alessa in voiceover, we piece together this narrative about how Alessa in the 70s was a child born out of wedlock. Dahlia won't tell the cult who the father is. Yeah. All of the kids in school ostracize her. Uh-huh. They, th- you know, that little clip we got earlier of them throwing things at her. And, and screaming, burn the witch. Yeah, it's horrible. Yeah. We- she did nothing wrong. And so, somehow, Dahlia is disilluded into the belief that they are going to, I don't know, through prayer, through ritual, help the two of them become nice, good people in the community. They convince her that they have to go to the hotel and when they get there they go to room 111 they go to room 111 they separate sharon from dahlia yeah and they're like okay dahlia wait outside you may leave dahlia we fight to sin not to sinner you know how that feels don't you rose Lose your little girl. What have I done? has obviously been a member of this order. She knows that it's probably a little ugly inside. Mm-hmm. And as they're taking her away, I think it finally dawns on her that they're going to harm her child irreparably. And this is where I'll say, I'm not using any audio of that. They can watch the movie if they want. Okay. It's just rough to listen to, guys. Because we cut to Christabella in her high priestess role. And she's no doubt quoting some obscure scripture. And they've basically got Alessa crucified to this wrought iron model of the symbol, of the cult symbol. And they've suspended it over this burn pit. The wrought iron symbol that she's attached to just breaks loose and starts swinging like a pendulum and it comes back and knocks over the whole burn pit and that's what starts the silent hill fire you get this cut dahlia runs in with the police Mm -hmm. and who is with them detective Detective thomas Thomas gucci Gucci. yes as a youngin even though they don't do a great job (laughs) of making him look that much younger he looks the same he looks the same you look at him at scenes when it's in the present and you're like, wow, he looks great for 55. Yeah, and then you, we're supposed to get an image of him at 25 and he looks no different. Alessa's like in the hospital for like ever. Like she's burned so badly. She can't really exist. Mm-hmm. She has to live in, in hell. In Yeah, in a tent, mm-hmm. basically. The demon ends up making a pact with Alessa, who is understandably full of rage Mm -hmm. for what's happened to her. And that's a common theme in horror, where when feelings are so negative that they are personified by evil energy, evil Mm -hmm. spirits, Mm -hmm. like the grudge. Yeah. That's when I came. I told her it was their turn. I promised 
They would all fall into her darkest dream. The pact kind of made her just split into two different people. You have, like, the evil little Alessa that we've been chasing throughout this entire movie. And you have Sharon. Yeah, little baby Sharon, you know, who was dropped off at an orphanage and adopted by the De Silvas. Makes so much sense. Sort of. <laughs> not based in... Not no, in- I understand. I read between the lines on that one because you're <laughs> right. It is ambiguous and it does make me mad. <laughs> but that's what I'm going with. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Some guys sometimes just got to be mature enough to realize that we're cramming seven hours of gameplay in two hours of movie. Yeah. So I'm going to be that way. We cut away from the old movie film filter uh-huh. and we're now in a charred hospital room. The demon appears and she's like, look, did you see that shit? <laughs> they did some really terrible things to me. So are you finally going to help me now? Yeah. Their blind conviction repels me from their church. I cannot enter while they deny their fate. But you can. Just tell me what I need to do. Tell them the truth. If she uses Rose as a vessel, she can get into the church. And so she just kind of gives her this She gives her this daughter-mommy hug and morphs inside of Rose's inside of Rose's body like she like absorbs her she absorbs the little demon so we get the shot of this hotel we're going back to the grand hotel right we get the shot of the bed and we see that it's Sharon Sharon's cozied up in this bed and she hears rumbling coming and then the big daddies bust through the door and they're looking for her and then Dahlia rushes in behind all of them because at some point during all of this fuckery, <laughs> Dahlia has located Sharon. Dahlia could have Dahlia for all we know could have found Sharon before she met Rose. <laughs> like this makes me mad at Dahlia. She's been messing with Rose this whole time. She thinks Sharon is her daughter. Yeah, she does think Sharon is Alessa. So here we go. We're speeding through this. Yeah. We because it's spe- too horrible. We'll, we will speed through this. This is probably the most disturbing part of the movie. More trigger warnings. Just, it's horrible. Yeah. Horrible violence. The cult is dispatching Sybil, who, for all we knew, was dead. Yeah. Because, it w- again, that was awful. And, but she's tied to a ladder. They're going to suspend her over this fire and <laughs> burn her at the stake. And they show it. It's graphic. When people are scared, they're dangerous. Mm-hmm. And, and that's what's happening here. They're all afraid that the apocalypse has taken place and that they're barely surviving in this nightmarish hellscape. They don't even know that they've done it to themselves. Yeah. they think They're that, that oblivious. They think what they did to Alessa was righteous. And they're going to burn anyone who disagrees with them. Mm-hmm. So, poor Sybil. Sybil is gone. She's no longer with us. They're getting ready to do it to Sharon. Yeah, they're going to tie... They've got Sharon tied to a ladder. And this is when Rose finally gets to the church and is like, Hey! Yeah. What in the name of the Lord? Christabel is like, We must burn this child! And then Rose is like, That's not going to happen! And so Rose goes off. She lays down some truths about their situation. Why don't you tell them the truth? Tell them the truth that you deny even to yourself. There was no apocalypse. You burned in the fire that you started and nothing can save you because you're already damned. Take her. Burner. Burner is a witch. 
Isabella takes out a knife and stabs her in the chest. If Christabella had any chill at all, it's gone. She's lost it. She can't stand that Rose is exposing everything and that she survived the demon. She's really mad about that. Yeah, all of this is happening in front of the child. Yeah. That's horrible. This poor child. I can't, This movie, again... It's upsetting. <laughs> it's a horror movie. It's really upsetting, and you're getting... You're not... You gotta get in it. I'm upset over here. I don't want to be too in it. It's having a proper effect. I'm scared. Rose is writhing on the ground. She's covering her wound, but out of her wound is trickling this thick, dark substance, which you think is blood, but it is so not. It's Alessa. And as it's hitting the ground, it's peeling up the ground like it does when the darkness comes. She brought the darkness in with her. Yeah. And what is rising up slowly down in the distance? Demon Alessa. Yeah, you can see her hospital bed rising up slowly. And then we get what I like to call barbed wire tragedy opera. (laughs) I love it when Rose stands up and turns around and the organ starts and the bed just slowly rises up behind her. And all the barbed wire with it. hear all the barbed wire twisting and elevating in the air. Excellent sound design. They sound like snakes. It's so great. Yeah. This triggers a cacophony of nightmarish fuckery. Good vocab word. (laughs) Cacophony. (laughs) That's an SAT vocab word. Good for you. What was done to her was terrible. And the rage that is being personified here is being avenged. It is. So basically, I will be quick. Okay. Alessa begins to, one by one, murder violently every member of the cult in vengeance. By virtue of the barbed wire tentacles. Yes. Dahlia has managed to wander into the church and beholds Alessa for the first time in a very long time. Mm -hmm. And she's a little stunned. But Alessa... Could you imagine, though? Yeah, I know. Somebody you gave birth to? Yeah. Dahlia's walking around, but Alessa is murdering one by one every member of this cult, but she is not touching Dahlia. Dahlia gets to roam free around in the chapel. And and Rose and Sharon, too. They're not harmed either. Yeah. Sharon's still tied to a ladder. Yeah. And Rose, Rose has is, to go. Because Rose is fine. Yeah. That's the other thing. Rose knows she's she's sold. Rose knows that she is fine from here on out. That wound just magicked itself away. Yeah. The wound healed itself. And so she's going to untie Sharon. So. To say the least. The very least, please. Alessa rips Christabella apart. Yes. Violently and graphically, and it's not, it's re- It's also one of the more disturbing images. Yep. And I don't like to think about it. I'm crossing my legs. That's all we, that's all we're going to say. Yep. I'm crossing my legs. Like, Rose gets Sharon untied and into a corner, and it's just like, And then, daylight again. Everyone else in the church is gone. But Sharon, Rose, and Dahlia. No Alessa, no cult members, 
because Alessa has dragged them all underground with her. To hell. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're they're walking out of the church, and Dahlia is sitting there by the door, and you can just, you can feel how empty Dahlia feels right now. Our favorite line in the movie. Why did she not take me with the others? Because you're her mother. Mother is God in the eyes of a child. It's just one of those things that I keep thinking about, and I'm like, wow. No, because, like, that it is. It's my favorite part of the movie. And yeah. It's the line that stays with me personally the most. Yeah. Because that's very true. Yeah, when you're little and you know nothing of the world, the only person you trust more than anyone is your parents especially your mom. Mm -hmm. And even through what, even how coerced it may have been, even after what Dahlia let happen to her, Mm -hmm. Alessa still spared her. With that, Rose and Sharon leave, walk all the fucking way back to the car. The Jeep Liberty. (laughs) Get in the car and she somehow starts the car. And I love the shot as they're driving by, they pass Sybil's bike yeah. On the side of the road. Pour one out for Sybil. And you almost, because during all that violence back in the church, you almost just forget about Sybil. Yeah. You watch the car drive into the edge of the void. It looks like it's going to fall off yeah. the edge. But magically, the rest of the road just kind of materializes and they just drive on. Chris, back, you know, in full color, is asleep on the couch in his house and he answers the phone and... And somebody's there, but it's distorted and he can't hear anything. But it's Rose saying, I've got Sharon. We're coming home. And he stays in full color. But, you know, Rose and Sharon go back through Bram's all the way back past the tree where they were when they started in the film. And it's still everything's still this ashy, cool, blue, gray. There's they're still in the shadowed part of the void. They pull up to the house. They go in. Sharon walks away. Chris isn't there. Chris isn't there. Rose sits on the couch. Yeah. It's like that scene in the courtyard where they literally ran past each other. So kids, at the end of the movie, it doesn't get any better. (laughs) Because Rose and Sharon are still trapped inside the void. That's it. Thank God. It's over. I almost want to say that it's beautiful, but it's not. It's done beautifully. Yeah. You know what I mean? Narrative. The content itself is not beautiful, but it's done beautifully. Narrative quibbles aside, I enjoy this movie. Yeah. It was kind it was one of my gateways into the gaming world. Yeah. The love in that nerdy director's heart was there. Uh-huh. I saw it. It hurt me, but I saw it. I love the addition of the maternal theme to yeah. the narrative. I I just love the fact that this plot is driven by great female characters and that, you know, I love it. Not a single, you know, man in this plot really has a definitive say in what drives it. Oh, absolutely not. It's all of these women playing around in hell. (laughs) And I love that. Sounds like a great anime. Yeah, it sounds great. Sheen Bean didn't 
Yeah, good for you. Good for you, Sheen Bean. Why don't you tell us what we're doing next week, Carrie Ann? <laughs> what kids' spooky film are we doing next week? Okay. Probably my favorite movie to watch at Halloween when I was a kid was the movie Casper. Oh, Casper! Casper, the friendly ghost. The friendliest ghost you know. Bill Pullman! Yes! I get so excited for Bill Pullman anything. It's going to be a great time. I'm super excited. I'm excited as well. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter, guys. At Kick and Stream on the Twitter. And if you haven't done so already, head on over to Apple Podcasts. The more reviews we get, guys, the more often we're going to be recommended to people. And the more often we're going to be able to get to do this. Yeah. So if you like us, support us, because we love you, and we love that you listen, so... And we're happy to be ringing in the spooky season with all of you. Yeah, we all want you to come join this watch party. Absolutely. That's how I think of this. Yes. (laughs) More quality content coming to you from Kicking and Streaming. Until then, I'm Carrie. I'm Ross. And as always... Sorry, Mom. Mom. Gothic news, gothic news, gothic news, gothic news.